proclaimed, One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. On coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Well, it's January 14th, so you know what that means. Holiday fatigue is still in full swing. I don't know about you, but I'm partied out. I'm gathering out. Many of us by this point have already quit our New Year's resolutions. Friday was actually National Quitters Day. I celebrated early on January 4th. We're slowly making our Christmas gift returns that we don't really want. We're still drudging through sending out thank you notes. And for some of us, Our Christmas decorations are still staring us in the face, just begging to be taken down. It seems to me that when we're hit with this fatigue, we naturally switch into autopilot. When this happens, the quality of our work and our play and our general awareness plummets, especially on sub-zero, cold, wintry days like this. Sure, we go about our normal schedule, but we're like robots with little charisma. We cancel engagements just to have a night at home in the quiet, not talking to or listening to anyone. And too often, we zoom by important details and celebrations just because we've all just kind of had enough. I find this to be true in the church, too. We are holiday or holy dayed out. I mean, come on, we've had Advent and Christmas Eve and Christmas Day then the Feast of the Holy Family, then the Feast of the Epiphany of the Lord, and now the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. (sighs) Just can't wait for ordinary time. There was a lot of excitement and jubilation towards the beginning, right? There's, There's something beautiful about the beginning of the Advent season, but now it seems like the lethargy sort of settled in. Just get us to Lent already. I began to wonder this week if we're especially fatigued by this holy day because we don't fully comprehend it. I mean, we understand the reasons why we celebrate the baby Jesus' birth, that's pretty important, why we give a nod to his holy family, 
and why we pause to glory in the gifts of the Magi. But Jesus' baptism? It just doesn't make sense. I came across this quote this week by St. Hippolytus. He was a theologian and bishop in the second and third centuries, and he reflected on this perplexity in a sermon for the Epiphany. This is what he writes. That Jesus should come and be baptized by John is surely cause for amazement. To think of the infinite river that gladdens the city of God being bathed in a poor little stream of the eternal. The unfathomable fountainhead that gives life to all men being immersed in the shallow waters of the transient world. So why does Jesus need to be baptized? I mean, we know as good Lutherans that know our catechism that baptism is for sinners. It's for those who need to be drowned and killed with all their sins and evil desires. So why then is the perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God asking for it? John the Baptist's response to Jesus in Matthew's Gospel is understandable. I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Or in other words, what in the world are you doing in these waters of sin, Jesus? Well, a bishop from the 5th century named St. Maximus of Turin gives a pretty compelling answer. He says, someone might ask, why would a holy man desire baptism? Listen to the answer. Christ is baptized not to be made holy by the water, but to make the water holy. And by cleansing, to purify the waters which he touched. For when the Savior is washed, all water for our baptism is made clean, purified at its source for the dispensing of baptismal grace to the people of future ages. Christ is first to be baptized then so that Christians will follow after him with confidence. There's our answer. Jesus is baptized so that we might be baptized. Jesus' holiness goes into the water to make that water holy, to make it able to drown evil desires and sin. Jesus goes into the water to show us that he will descend to the lowest place on earth. Literally, the Jordan Valley is the lowest land elevation on earth so that we as his children might be exalted to the highest place. And here we see the kindness of the Lord. For the last three weeks, we have celebrated his birth, given reverence to his family, and offered him gifts. And now on this single feast day, Jesus celebrates our new birth by baptism. He gives us a new family. He offers us otherworldly gifts, just as he did for Peyton Matthew a few moments ago. Parents, 
the greatest gift you can give your child is to have them baptized. Have them cemented to the Lord forever. We go into the waters lost and we come out found. We go in sinners and come out forgiven. We go in dead and come out alive. We go in as one without a true identity and we come out hearing the voice of the Father saying the truest thing about us. You are my beloved. Peyton Matthew, you are God's beloved. With you, with all of you, he is well pleased. Do you believe that today? Do you believe, not only in your head, but deep down in your core, that you are really God's beloved and that he is really pleased with you? Because whether you were baptized a long time ago or Maybe you'll be baptized soon or maybe you haven't been baptized yet. Life has made us weary and fatigued and uncertain of what the Lord thinks of us. The devil twists and and turns us to think and to doubt of the Lord's love. And you know what? Too many times we live as though we haven't been baptized, that we haven't known Jesus and then we try to find our identity in our, in our sickness and, and in our shame and in our sin and in and what others tell of us that's not true. This kind of life makes us feel as if we're a bruised reed, a smoldering wick, a blind prisoner sitting in the darkness of the dungeon of life. The beautiful thing about the Lord is that when we revert to this way, when we forget who we are and whose we are, the Lord in his kindness does not treat us harshly. Because although too often we forget our true identity, Jesus does not. When Jesus claims you at the font, he knows you forever. You are his sheep. So even when you stray, he chases you down. Jesus does not further bruise a bruised reed. He does not quench the faith, even if it's a smoldering fire. He does not leave the blind without their sight. He does not leave the imprisoned in darkness. Instead, Jesus gives to us, he gives to you this feast day, this celebration to prove that he continually dives down deep. Jesus dives down deep into the sickness and the shame and the darkness and the lies and the blindness and the sin and he pulls you back up and he washes you off and he puts your head in his hands and he reminds you of your true identity, of your true beauty. You are my beloved. You are mine. And I am well pleased with you. 
today, once more, Jesus dives down deep into some of the lowest forms of bread and wine and transforms them into himself to nourish us, to remind us. And so, my friends, do you find yourself this morning fatigued or maybe even apathetic? Do you come here bruised with your wounds, blind or imprisoned? Is your faith barely smoldering? Have you lost your way? If any of that's true, the good news is that you're in the right place. May I offer you two pieces of advice, two suggestions. If you haven't done so already, go dip your fingers into that font, make the sign of the cross, and then look down into the depths of the font because in the depths you will see the reflection of the Beloved. The Beloved who was made Beloved there. Then, secondly, take the short journey from the font to the altar. I mean, if you look closely on the floor in the center aisle, the tile is different. So we're making it super easy for you not to get lost. From the font to the altar. Stay in the lane. You'll be here in no time. Here at this altar, my friends, you will find in lowest forms and yet those lowest forms exalted that your incarnate, baptized Lord is waiting to resurrect and energize and heal and free you. He's here to fan that smoldering wick of your faith into flame again. Come and taste and see that it's true. He comes close to you now and whispers in your ear, I love you, I love you, I love you. You are mine. You are my beloved. And in you, I am well pleased. Even amidst the fatigue, that beautiful gift is something to celebrate. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.